Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. Yeah, I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody, thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. And this week we are going to be going over our honorable mentions for Game of the Year. It is that time we have hit that point once again, at, we're at the end of the year and Oh boy, where there's so many titles. I'm sure you guys are really tired of hearing us say uh, that this year is stacked. And, you know, everyone that is in the video game industry, every video game podcast out there is bringing this up that 2023 has been a massive, massive year for games. Uh, and some people are even saying that 2023 might be the new best year of games. Uh, from some other people might say, you know, like 2007, that kind of era, 1998 as well, because those were years in which major franchises have became well established. And those were the previous times. But this year is going to be one that is remembered for quite a while because of just how many amazing giant titles came out. But then when you look at it, too, there's a lot of amazing indie smaller titles that came out, too, during 2023. So it has definitely been very difficult to keep up. And what I find like the most amazing is that we're still finding games <laughs> that came out this year, right? Like I just found one yesterday that I was like, oh crap. And I know that if I play through it, it's going to be really great and I'm going to love it. And it's going to be one of my top games, but it's, you know, it's so late in the season and we have to go off of what we've already played now, but it will be an honorable mention for me today. Um, might not be, and I don't know if it's full like game of the year contention material, so we'll see. But we've kind of cherry picked through our list here. Uh, I know, Chris, you have a giant list. <laughs> you, mm. You've played through so many damn games, it's insane. Uh, I, I mean, kudos and hats off to you because you have definitely kept up with a lot of titles out there, a lot of new ones and everything like that. It's impossible. Um, it's, it's, that's insane to me. Uh, and I'm very happy that I was able to get through some really long games. Like the fact that I was able to beat Boulder's Gate is great, you know, but we're not going to dive into that one just yet. That it's, We're going to be talking about our our full major picks for game of the year next week. So this week we wanted to celebrate some of the games that we find or we felt that need to be talked about. They, these are honorable mentions and there's some really great titles here. Uh, and trying to figure out what exactly, you know, is this an honorable mention? Is this my game of the year? Like, is it in contention? Like, should this be top 10, top five, right? Like that it's been like the fact that we have to have that kind of conversation is kind of insane because I know in the last year we had a, a handful, right? But we had mainly the same ones. This year, I feel like we have variety, which is really great. And every single platform was firing off at like all cylinders we have amazing mobile games we have amazing AAA titles we have amazing indie titles like everywhere that you can get a game you got something amazing out of it and a really memorable experience so yeah anyway we're gonna dive into this one uh, i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited to talk about these titles because there's just a lot of really really just like simple fun games in here and you might be surprised uh, about which ones we might end up putting in honorable mentions, but it just kind of shows how stacked this season actually was, or year, rather. But um, do you want to start us off with one? Yeah. 
Um, I dare. Maybe I should make this the first one. Oh, are you going Screw big? It. Are you let, going let's big? Go big, yeah. Are you going to piss off everybody right now yeah, instantly? Let's, yeah, let's make everyone <laughs> mad. Oh, or should we boy. wait for the second one so people are tempted to hear it? You know what? Let's 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 feed into it a little bit. Let's give them a little light one. But here's their teaser that y'all are probably going to get pissed at. Us. <laughs> There's no Nintendo titles in my top this year. Ooh, boom. Ooh. There's some good honorable mentions, though. Yeah, there Put are it that way. You know, it's a really good honorable mention. What's that that you reminded me of before this episode started? Mm. Metroid Prime Remastered. Beautiful game. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. I never played it before, so I was I I was really I really enjoyed it. Honestly, for anyone that hasn't played this game, this is a, a perfect way of being introduced to the Metro Prime games. And like we mentioned in the episode that we brought it up, uh, like cuz it's it's exactly how I remembered it, which is ridiculous because I don't know how that's possible. And apparently this has happened to a lot of people where it plays and looks how we remember the game playing and looking. But when you look back at what it actually looked like, it looked like shit. So it's kind of a trip. I don't know how that's possible because I don't there's no other remaster game that I feel like I've played that has that effect. Right. Like it's usually just I, like a complete revamp. Looking into the changes, the biggest thing that changes was just the targeting system from what I was reading and like upscaled mm -hmm. the graphics a bit. And other than that, it's like it doesn't really seem like they did a whole lot. But as someone who, you know what, I did rent it back in the day, um, mm. but I didn't really play. I didn't I didn't get far, weirdly enough. Um I think I fell off of it actually because the the control the targeting aiming in the original just kind of bothered me. Um, mm. It was tough. It, it was a little rough to get through. But in this, I was like, dude. Now I see why people love the Prime games. Like, if they're all like this, I, I want to play all of them. I I've been meaning mm -hmm. to pick up and play the other ones, but from this alone, I was like, damn. Like, I. Didn't think I was gonna play it, but I'm I'm glad I did. After how you hyped it up when you played it, I was like, I I need to try it, and I'm I'm glad I beat it. It's honestly pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's definitely a great one, and this year has been amazing for remasters and, mm -hmm. as a whole. Um, and if you guys want to know like exactly what I feel about it, we did a whole episode on the that remastered game, and I talked a for a very long time about Metroid Prime. So. I'm going to save you guys that. But just know, I enjoyed that game a lot. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. But, you know, speaking of other remasters, I mean, the Resident Evil 4 remaster, I I think is just phenomenal. The, the amount of stuff that they put into this title and what they've done with a lot of these remakes and remasters this year has been just insane, right? Like, they completely revamped Resident Evil 4. But it still mm -hmm. kept the core of it. They kept the vibe of 4. And just made it into something very special. And they like cleaned it up. They made the aiming so much better. Thank God, like, you know, they did because the controls are rough in old Resident Evil games. Uh, but it just looks great. Like, it looks very modern. They really definitely brought it into the modern world. Even though 
4 was still very popular and selling very well when it especially when it went to the Switch and everything like it still has a lot of popularity behind it but now that we have the ability to play this new modern version of it with some you know quality of life stuff added in it's been a really great experience playing through this one and it's it's wonderful it's definitely a great title for sure yeah i really want to play it i for so this is the other big game that i had played a little bit of when i was younger i never and i had thought i played a lot of it looking back but when i talked to a few friends about it i realized i really didn't get that far because i made it to like the lake mm, yeah. and fought that boss and they're like oh you barely are you're, you're maybe like 15 percent in the game and i'm like oh yeah. damn it um yeah and, and i i enjoyed it i think back then like i forgot what i was doing i think i was getting into like other games on the GameCube. Like, I think I was getting into, like, not Animal Crossing, but something else. Um, so it just kind of, like, I lost interest in it for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Before that, the only Resident Evil I played was 2. And I, I had liked it, but it was also just kind of, like, the controls pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And... But seeing this remake, it I really want to play it. And... The thing is, too, is I'm like, oh, I kind of want to play the original just because the whole charm and the inspiration of what it did to the industry as a whole. But at the same time, I'm like, I really do want the quality of life of the remake and, you know, all this added content to it, which, you know, to me, it's like. As someone who was around for when four came out originally I was able to experience the hype of it back then. And I'm like, I feel like I can just play the remake and be happy because I don't know. Their, their remakes have always been really good. I mean, three, the little bit I played was kind of, eh, but I played the demo of the, the four remake and I was like, this feels great. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely want to play more. And it's interesting how a lot of horror got remade this year. Uh, kind of, yeah. we when you were bringing up all the remakes and stuff, I'm like, I feel like this was the year for like horror remakes in a lot of ways. Because like, um, Dead Space remake is yeah. actually really good. Um, I it's just started playing it recently. It's not that old of a game, but they were able like it now feels like a brand new game again. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, like, they to me, as someone who didn't beat it, I know, to me, a lot of these big games, I surprisingly didn't beat or didn't really play too much of, so it's actually been really fun playing a lot of these big titles, and uh, mm-hmm. with Dead Space, it's one I've always wanted to play, and I, I wasn't scared of it, you know, it was more so just like, I didn't know if I would like the whole aiming you know, with the limbs and stuff. But this remake, it makes it so easy and nice. And the way the lights all, like, black out randomly when you're walking down the hallways and stuff, Mm -hmm. terrifying. They they did a really great job. And they they actually brought in um, movie directors to figure out exactly how to put in proper sound cues and lighting and things like that when they originally made Dead Space. 
Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of feedback that way, which is really, really smart to make such an atmospheric game. And then now for this uh, remake, they actually brought in some like amazing people from the community, uh, like the gaming community of just streamers and stuff like that as and let them play early. And actually, they got to put in their two cents and like recommend certain things here and there, which I think is fascinating. So like the. The, I feel like the reason why Dead Space is so good is because they've, from day one, they have listened to like experts or they've listened to the community to hear exactly what they need to be putting into this game, whether it was the directors in the early end or the people who have been playing it and love it. And, you know, since day one, and like, of course, they would play the hell of a remaster, right? Like, so I think it's really cool that they created a community board of that and like invited them to the studio to see early concept art and actually like the changes and suggestions that they made, these people have said in interviews that like they see their stuff, like, like they see what they talked about. So they were actually listening. Like I think that's really fascinating to do. So it, it shows and it's just a classic game. Like Dead Space is amazing. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Alien franchise. So like this just screams Alien, the video game. You know, I mean, of course there are Alien games out there like Isolation, which is great, but like this is a really amazing like homage to that that style. Yeah, and, like the, the audio work, like you said, like mm-hmm. you can you feel the difference between that and other horror games in general. It's like you can tell like especially with headphones, it's like almost scary how well done it is. Yeah. Um and it's, it's great. I'm digging it. But one remake that I feel like kind of came out but didn't really blow up which is understandable because i think it only ended up coming out on pc uh but the system shock remake i thought was really good um i got about three hours into it and i want to play more of it but i kind of got obviously distracted with everything but as someone who tried to go back and play the original because you know everyone says oh this is one of the best immersive sims you can play it's one of the originals and Mm -hmm. everyone always would recommend it and i mean most people say just play the sequel because it's a lot of improvements but i wanted to see you know the the original and it was always i hate to say it but it it just felt too dated for me i feel like Mm -hmm. i can play like playstation one games and 64 games like even older than that and be fine but when it comes to old pc games sometimes it's it's not clunky it's just i feel like there's too much on the screen and it kind of like overwhelms me sometimes and i feel like that was a game that kind of did that for me but you know looking back at everything in that game it's kind of almost revolutionary what they did back then but with this remake it's insane like the graphics are gorgeous and in a lot of ways, it's, you know, one for one. And I really like it. it it's hard. You know, it, it's definitely a more difficult game. But the amount of love that went into it, you can just feel it. I mean, they were working on it for years. But it's a shame that it kind of just, you know, got not swept under the rug, but it's you just don't see it really on anyone's like list for like anything mm-hmm. because like it's good you know for a remake it's like 
I would say the amount of work and detail into it, it's like just as good as, you know, Dead Space or Resident Evil 4 with how well they remade it. But um, yeah, I I like what I played so far, but it's it's been a great year for remakes. Yeah. System of Shock looks like an amazing title. I haven't played it, but I'm wondering if it's falling into that un- unfortunate like pitfall of you know early PC games. It they've become more like cult classic-y kind of games, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's hard to get a new audience for something like this. Whenever it, the barrier for entry back in the day was pretty difficult, you know, and like you said, a, a lot of older PC games they had a lot going on on them right because when you look like a console game there's less buttons to press so the ui is a little bit simpler Mm -hmm. with pc like i can have you know every single key do something completely different and that could be something on the screen that is a shortcut right like there's a lot more that you can do and a lot of times people don't know how to edit their uis and they kind of cloud and muddy them up uh, and I feel like that happens a lot in older PC games, like a, a lot, a lot. Uh, and where you don't see that at console games because that's just not something that was there, right? Like, can you imagine Mario with like a crazy UI? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would never get played. Like, it wouldn't be as popular as it is. So it, it is unfortunate. <laughs> that's true. That was an amazing game. I need to bring that back so I can actually Mario's teach, missing. The kids, teach the kids how to like type. <laughs> like, I keep joking about that, but I'm going to try and find it and do it. So. <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of these kids have such a hard time typing and i remember learning how to type with that man and it was great and it made me want to like actually type faster so i think that would be a lot of fun actually <laughs> that'd be great but now yeah you, i agree 100 percent. like these remakes and remasters this year have just been phenomenal uh, and they, there's so many out there that just they crushed it and they're able to keep that same vibe and just keep the the spirit of the original game alive and just and not lose sight of that right like in the past we've seen a lot of remakes and remasters that kind of go too far right where it's just a completely different game now and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel like that same one but every single remake and remaster that's come out this year has been the game that we remember playing it's just more modern now it has a little bit more of those like uh quality of life things added in that just modernizes it but it still has it still feels like you're playing that old game again which is just amazing and phenomenal but so a different game that i want to bring up is one that kind of reminds me of resident evil 4 right and the reason why i'm saying this is because for a lot of people who played resident evil 4 uh you can almost argue that there's two games going on at the same time you have the main game itself, which is an action style game, right? Like it's that you're fighting zombies and going through all this stuff, solving puzzles, right? But then when you go into your menu, there's a lot of organization and being able to spin things around and trying to maximize the amount of space that you actually have in your inventory and carry as much things to help you survive as you possibly can. So for some reason, that feels great. <laughs> and a lot of people agree. Like there's something about inventory management in that style, which is just really fun, <laughs> right? It's relaxing, uh, yeah. It is. So there's a game that came out and it's called Backpack Hero. 
Uh, and I really enjoy this one. I, I think it's really, really fun. It's like a little um, dungeon crawler, which actually has a little bit of like um, city building baked into it as well in between the dungeons themselves. But as you so in Backpack Hero, the main trope of it is inventory management. So it's basically inventory management, the game. Uh, you have a giant magical backpack. And as you level up your characters throughout the dungeon, uh, you are able to then expand the amount of slots that your backpack has. And you can do it in really weird ways. There really is no right or wrong way as to how to organize your backpack. When you get the ability to unlock four new slots in it, you, they don't need to be in a row or a column. You can go kind of random with them. They just need to be touching a previous one, right? So they kind of connect it that way. But what makes this really interesting is that you can start chaining together little effects within your backpack. So like, let's say you have um, a relic that gives an adjacent weapon plus one to attack. If you put that next to your sword in your backpack, then now your sword has plus one. And you can start stacking those by putting more relics near it, but you have to be able to organize the new stuff coming in, right? And just kind of make it so that you can survive through the dungeon and sell your stuff and kind of help build up the city that is pretty much like run down. And that helps you like unlock new characters and new adventures in the dungeon and all that fun stuff. So this has been a lot of fun just kind of diving into it and, you know, just it, organizing it and figuring out what things do what. And there's a lot of really cool like magic that's built into this. And the system actually gets very, very deep involved. And it's just I really enjoy this one. Uh, it's just a great little like peaceful title. I can see you like loving this game uh, and getting a little sucked into it <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun I definitely recommend this to anybody that kind of likes that that organization in games or if you ever played Resident Evil 4 and you found like you picked up something and you found the right way to spin it to make it fit and you're like yeah this is nice right <laughs> like then I think you'd really appreciate uh, Backpack Hero but yeah I really like this one yeah I'm a sucker for that kind of like inventory management stuff and uh because you can you build your little you village and stuff right in this mm -hmm. game yep. if i remember yep. right yeah yes. i i've been kind of eyeing this because it's it's what i would two things i really enjoy um but i haven't had a chance to get to it but it looks really cool yeah it's a city sim and inventory management like i, I i'm surprised you haven't played this one yet yeah I'm it it's not surprising that it's doing really well too. Mhm. Mm yeah. It's simple. Simple graphics, simple everything, but the mechanics work. The mechanics are very very well done. So I I think that's what's really like crushing this game, making it a success. Um, yeah. I think I need to say it, but for the honorable mention, mm. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh boy. Oh boy. Is not on my top. And mine either. While <laughs> I definitely well it, in a lot of ways for the technical side of it, yes, it, it would be at the top of my list just because it is insane how well it runs mm -hmm. with everything going on. 
because jumping Honest from switch, a, like it's yeah, that's crazy. Jumping from a skyland down into the depths seamlessly, it's insane. And the way the depths mimic, you know, the the overworld, it's like you know, like if you see like a statue in the depths, it's probably possibly sticking through in the overworld. And it's amazing the amount of detail that went into that game. Even though in a lot of ways it definitely does feel like not that different from Breath of the Wild. But mm-hmm. as someone who didn't like Breath of the Wild, I loved this game a lot more. I don't know why. I think because I like the powers a lot more in this game and the the being able to create anything was really cool. Mm, and I, yeah. I think this was a step in the right direction in a lot of ways, but it also didn't really. The story and everything didn't blow me away. And I almost feel like with the way that Zelda has kind of gone with you know breath of the wild and this is that they want to focus more on the the world building rather than a story and i mean you could always say that the storyline zeldas were always pretty basic you know compared to other games but it just with this one it there was a lot of cool things with it, but when you stack it up with a lot of other stuff I played this year, I'm like, it, it doesn't reach that level. And yeah. I, I mean, too many some, titles that have like blown us away. And yeah, like this was to me, good, but yeah, I think the most emotionally impactful thing it did for me was just like being on an island. And watching the sunrise, right, over the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Like, it, watching the, um, like, the weather change, watching the sunrise and sunset, and the way the lighting works with that, it, it, that blew me away. You know, on top of everything else that's going on in that game at the same time, the, the environment, I think, was my favorite thing about that. And where in Breath of the Wild, I didn't really want to explore too much away from the main story because, like I said, I didn't really enjoy it. This, I wanted to see everything. And because it was easier, because you can just fly everywhere, it it made that simple. And there were so many times where I'm just like, I want to sit and enjoy this moment, right? Like the rain sounds beautiful. I loved going to... God, I, I can't think of the name right now, but it's a town with the the lab. Mm, yeah. um, and just being there when it rains, you know. Isn't it just like the lookout or something? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, the lookout's there. I forget the name. It's not the one with the K. It's something else. But, you know, and then there's the whole pirate town side quest that was mm-hmm. awesome. And there's so many things about this game that I, I really loved. But in a lot of ways, I'm just like, it was, I'm glad I played it. I don't regret playing it at all. I just think that, like you said, there's been so many other experiences I've had this year that made me sit back and think about them a lot more. Right. 
No, it was a really, really great game. It really was. But <clears throat> I'm almost tempted to say that maybe I wasn't the right target audience for this title. Because uh, mm -hmm. the building part of it, I actually could have done without. Hmm. I don't really feel like... I mean, I only built when I had to. When it kind mm. of forced me to. I never really went out there to like, I'm going to build a dragster to go across this land. I'm like, no, nah, I just run it. I don't care. Right? Like... Or I fast travel, right? Like I wasn't really trying to make all these crazy creations because I just never really felt like the need for it. Uh, I don't know. Like that's just kind of how I played the game. Uh, and, you know, it it was a lot of fun, but I feel like it's starting to kind of lose itself a little bit with all these extra mechanics built in with like the making stuff and all that. Like it, it felt like I was playing a really great version of scrap mechanic <laughs> right like because <laughs> that's what i mean scrap mechanic does exactly the same things right you can make all like this stuff and do all it's yeah like we've seen this mechanic before and it does work really well and it felt like it was almost like a tech demo for like um a zelda maker game right instead of a mario maker or something it was like gary's mod but zelda basically yeah exactly so yeah, no, it's it, it was good, but it just wasn't it wasn't my favorite. I feel like, you know, especially during that first like two weeks where everyone on TikTok were building like giant like mechs and like all this kind of crazy stuff. Like it's awesome. Like it's basically one of those games that it's like I'm going to sit and watch the crazy stuff people built that I'm never going to build. And that's kind of what it ended up being for me. And because basically once I created like the set little vehicles I liked, like once I built that little hover bike that everyone was posting about, that basically makes it very easy to get around anywhere, especially oh. the depths, because you just throw a little light bulb on it. Yeah, the like cheat and skip ahead bike. Yeah, it, it was perfect. And it, it really did make exploring everything a lot of fun. But it also made me think like, oh, I don't really need to build anything else like I did try to build one of those robots, but by the time I did that, I was like, ah, I just want to finish the game. And I mean, the the boss fights in the game are pretty damn cool, especially the final boss fight. I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, like this is definitely one of the better Zelda final boss fights in, I almost want to say maybe one of the best now that I'm thinking about it. Because it's like, I think back to like Majora's Mask. You know, Ocarina of Time, it's like the nostalgia makes it seem really damn cool. But when you think about it, it's like not that crazy. And then no. same with like Wind Waker. It's like it, it's OK, but I, I, I have don't know. A this one just felt very point of view with that. The, one of my favorite Zelda boss fights or like final fights mm -hmm. is actually Skyward Sword. See, I never finished Skyward Sword, so I, I'm not sure even how that goes. It's like, I mean, I mean, it it's not a hard fight, but the setting itself is what really sells it. Like mm. you're fighting in the sky. So everything, it's almost like you're standing on like a mirrored water level, right? So the sky and the, the floor are mirroring one another and you're fighting Ganon, who looks like just this giant behemoth of a man like it it's a really really great fight like as far as aesthetics go so 
that <laughs> it's funny, like, because the rest of the game is okay, <laughs> but especially with the motion controls and everything. But the final fight in that one was really, really amazing. But no, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom had a, a great, some great stuff, like the, 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 what, the Nazca lines. I really like the mm. addition of that, um, the whole story and uh, fighting with the dragons and all that. Like, that was really, really cool. And, like, the cutscenes were really well done. I like that it actually gave you a little bit of story. But I feel like it, the one thing it did is, like, by adding in this build whatever you want mechanic, I heard by so many people who were playing the game that they weren't even playing the game, right? Like they weren't, they didn't care about the story. They weren't getting any of those like story beats or didn't care about the cutscenes. They only cared about just making something trippy or weird or cool, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it, I feel like it really did take away from the actual game itself. And that's why I don't think it's as memorable of an experience because than some of the other games that came out this year, unfortunately, because it was really great. And I only focused on the story. So I had a really great time with it. I really did enjoy the story of it because I kept the pace up, right? But this game doesn't make you do that, right? So the pacing becomes really wonky really quickly for a lot of people who play this title. So, and it just kind of like takes away from the magic of what's actually going on. And you don't ever feel like the pressure of needing to go forward with any of anything, right? So it's a, yeah, I would say it's kind of, it's a great game, but definitely other ones really did hit a special place in our hearts. Like there's, when stacked up with some of these other ones, it has to just be an honorable mention, unfortunately. Yeah, like I was thinking back to in the summer, uh, this game, uh, Chaya, I think that's oh, yeah. how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tale from New Caledonia is kind of the, what it's called. But uh, to me, in a lot of ways, it had that same Breath of the Wild kind of feeling, right? It had that kind of surprisingly big open world. Um, in a lot of ways, the combat, everything kind of felt the same. And to think a game surprisingly that big and well polished was made by like 12 people yeah that's crazy and the amount of work that went into it like something i really loved about it was that they tried to show off their culture in any way they could right like there's times where you're making meals the traditional meals of new caledonia and it it was Mm -hmm. so fascinating because it's like you don't really hear about that place ever right like most people probably don't even know it exists but it was so fascinating and like the photo mode in that game is crazy it's a real photo like and you have to get it developed you could mess mess it up if you don't develop Mm. it right like it's really like that's cool there's a lot of things that were really cool about it and I mean, in a lot of ways, also, you can tell it was made by a small team because there were some kind of things where I was like, oh, this feels a little weird. But I loved in a lot of ways, it reminded me of the excitement I had exploring in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that was because the whole mechanic in the game is that you can possess things, uh, animals primarily. And 
the cool so imagine like you are a bird or you see a bird you're gonna morph into that bird and obviously you have like a stamina bar so once it runs out you turn back into you know your character Mm -hmm. but you're this bird you see a fox on the ground you instantly warp down to the fox and now you're a fox and you know there was people that you know launched a coconut in the air right you can morph into that coconut and then while you're flying in the air you see a bird you morph into that and you could fly all the way across the island just by like basically teleporting into these different birds in the sky and all this other kind of crazy stuff and uh it surprised me because i didn't think i was gonna enjoy it because you know like i said i don't really care for open world games like that and the story you know it was it was cute there were definitely some surprisingly dark stuff in it but it it was enjoyable overall and that's why i figured oh it's a good mention because i feel like i'm seeing more people actually bring that up in their lists which is surprising because i feel like when it came out no one was talking about it mm-hmm. but i love when games like focus on a culture that you know doesn't get represented mm-hmm. at all really and it was cool i felt like i learned a lot from that and i may have not thought the game was like 100% for me but the amount of stuff i learned from it you know it's it's memorable and overall i really liked it I, I think it's an amazing looking game. I, I love the mechanic behind it. It's pretty phenomenal to think that just a 12 person team did that. Because yeah. it is a very difficult mechanic to be like they took the Mario Odyssey mechanic, like they throw your hat at something and become it mm-hmm. and like turned it up to 11. Because now you have the ability to just do it with almost everything that's there. And that's pretty phenomenal. And from what I've seen, it looks great in the process. It's not like too jarring or anything like that. It just feels right, which is really cool. Like jumping from a bird to a fish to a fox to the right. Like that's a really cool thing to add into a game. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to dive into some mobile games. I've been playing a lot of mobile games and I'm surprised at what has actually been coming out lately. Uh, I got a couple on here. um, Two big ones, I would say, that really caught my attention one of them i'll just talk about briefly because there's not much too much to talk about but uh monster hunter now is a phenomenal title i mean if you are familiar with pokemon go it is that but with the monster hunter universe and do you chase them so that you can as you walk around the monsters show up in your area and you Mm -hmm. tap them to hunt them right um and you have one minute to hunt the monster so basically you're just fighting it one-on-one uh, for one minute, and if you don't, then mission fails, right? Uh, you can you get kicked out of that, and you can go back in by like tapping the monster again. But it's been a really cool thing to play around with. Um, <clears throat> they don't have like every single weapon in there, you know, like they don't have like the insect glaive and things like that. But it's just because you're just doing a simple tapping thing, right? Like the glaive is a little bit more complex by adding in the three bugs and everything from world. There's a lot more to it, but it's really, really cool. Like I like the mechanics that are there. It is a challenging game. Uh, You can actually dodge, like you have to learn how to dodge properly. And if you use the sword and shield, like you have to learn how to shield properly. Uh, Like some of the, the monsters can hit pretty dang hard. 
especially at the higher difficulty ratings where like you really need to start paying attention to armor class and um, like what level you're at and things like that. So it's really, really cool. Uh, you can invite other hunters to hunt with you. I remember I was going through Babel Park at one point and I jumped in a hunt and there were three of us going after an Anjaneth, right? And that was really cool because you can see the other hunters like jumping around and swinging their giant swords or their hammer or whatever, right? Like it was a, a really cool little touch there. So I, I really enjoy the loop of this and it's quick, which I think is nice. So with the like some of the monster fights, like especially if you start getting at a higher level and you're hunting something like a little lower level, like a one or a two star, your hunt will be over in like 10 or 15 seconds, right? So you can just keep doing them really quickly. But it's just a nice little touch. So that one I've been really enjoying. And if you're a fan of the Monster Hunter universe, check it out. It's been it's a really fun one. Graphics actually look great. It's made by Niantic. It's using the Pokemon Go engine completely. It's just reskinned with Monster Hunter, which is great. Um, but yeah. And then another mobile game that I've been playing uh, that I'm surprised that I got into. Um, I it's Kingdom Eighties. So the Kingdom games, they've always kind of intrigued me, but I've never really gotten into them too much. Uh, I felt like they were a little bit boring in the past, right? Like it has the same loop over and over again. And for some reason, my mind just wasn't clicking with it. And when I saw Kingdom 80s, I was like, yeah, well, you know what? Let me give it a shot. And I didn't look into it at all. They're just like, you know what? I like the aesthetic. Let me try it out. So playing this game and I realized like this is awesome like it's kingdom it has the same loop in it but they put in some really interesting mechanics behind it so kingdom 80s is like typically you're set in like a fantasy world right where you're just going on a forest and you're on a horse this one you are a, a camp counselor right in the 80s and you're riding around on your bicycle and all the people that you recruit to your village are the kids so they're like smaller than you right so it's kind of funny um, so they're like the kids from the camp and there's actual like real cutscenes in this one. And there's actually a storyline and chapters and, and there's NPCs that you talk to and you befriend and things like that. And it makes it a, feel like a lot more where the loop feels more rewarding to get through the chapters and to accomplish these things here. Um, <clears throat> so that's been a lot of fun to play around in. And one really cool thing that they added as well is a siege um, mechanic. So at one point in each one of the levels, you can grab a dumpster, right? If you get the jock, he's able to push the dumpster. And he pushes it pretty slowly, but he follows it wherever you go. And if you're doing that, the dumpster acts as like a barricade wall, right? And all of your archers will now follow the barricade. So they're going behind them. Even if you go past the bounds of like your current village or your your civilization right so there's walls that you create and usually the archers kind of stay close to that la that wherever the furthest point is they will follow it completely out and they anytime you go up to like a portal where the greed is coming out they actually will just fire off a bunch of like an onslaught of arrows to take it out and destroy these portals and that's how you actually move from chapter to chapter so like you start in the camp then you go to the, the high school, then you're going to the mall, or like there's different areas in which you're going to. So it's a little different than uh, regular kingdom where you just kind of build your ship back up and you just go and explore different areas. This one feels like it's very 
Like you want to continue progressing through. There's an actual storyline behind the kingdom game. And I'm really, really enjoying this loop. Uh, it's very, very well done. And like the the way that they've incorporated like different bikes. And actually today I was a, I found a half bike and I cleaned it up and it turns out like I can switch my bike out for a skateboard <laughs> and every hmm. bike or skateboard has a different movement mechanic behind it too, which I think is great. Like the first bike you get, you can pop a wheelie and it gives you a little speed boost. Um, there's one bike where if you do a quick turnaround, you get a speed boost that way or the skateboard you actually keep swiping as if you're kicking off with your foot, right? And like, it's a really cool, like those little things, uh, they they go a really long way with this title. So uh, yeah, I'm surprised at how much I'm really enjoying the Kingdom games now. Uh, I guess I'm just at that mindset where it just feels good to play something like that. And the loop is actually starting to feel very rewarding from those titles. So yeah, I, I started playing Two Crowns again too because I wanted to, but yeah, no, Kingdom 80s, is definitely a hit. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's perfect for the iPad or the phone. It's just a great little game. I like the look of it. I I played one of the Kingdom games. I forgot which one I played. It might have been New Lands or something like that. Um, it was one of the older ones, mm -hmm. and I liked it. It just it. I felt like I played a Flash game. Like, did it start originally as a Flash game? I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, cause that's how I remember playing it. Um, and I liked it. I just, it, I didn't like how you have to go all the way back on the screen to get back yeah. to your village and stuff. But the, the nice it's thing a cool about idea. is that the maps feel a little smaller. So you're okay. not going like too, too far. Like it never feels like, Oh, this is a drag. And I think one of the big things that was a drag in the other kingdoms is when your horse runs out of stamina, you kind of, you get forced to stop for a while. Right, while your stamina recharges. In this mm. one, it's great. Whenever your guy gets tired, he, you know, quick, pops a quick nolly, right? He hits the brakes really hard. He just takes out a bottle of like, le like lime Gatorade, basically, chugs it really <laughs> quickly. And then one second later, you're ready to keep moving. So you don't have to like actually wait there for the horse's breaths to come back and slow down or let it eat. It's just a quick boop, take a drink, and then you're ready to go. So it, it doesn't feel like it slows you down at all, which is really nice. It's almost like it's not huh. there. It's a good touch. So for me, I'm going to drop these all quick, like, because they all kind of have uh, this vibe of basically taking an older style of game and doing a new twist on it. Um, nice. And I enjoyed all of these very much. But I think um, not enough to be, you know, on my list. But the first one, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, I thought was surprisingly really, really good. Um, I love the awesome. Jet Set Radio games a lot. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was really well done. Um, the music is fantastic. Like, it literally feels like, like this is a new Jet Set. In so many ways, it, it's weird how well it's made. And uh, I know they just announced that there's going to be a new jet set uh, during the Game Awards. They had a little quick snippet of a new nice. one. And it's kind of a bummer that it's not fully cel shaded. But mm -hmm. this game 
did do full cell shaded and it is amazing. And I love that there's so many different tags you can throw up and it was a really good time. I, I really liked it and I feel like it's a good evolution to modern controls and modern just everything in it. I mean, the old games didn't really age that bad either, but comparing to this where it feels modern, it's really nice. Yeah, it uh, looks cool. And okay, real quick. Yeah, they announced a new Jet Set Radio, but they announced a new crazy taxi. I know. That's and, the one I'm most hyped for. And a new Golden Axe. Come on. And yeah, and the Golden Axe is like 3D too. It's weird. That's so cool. Like Golden Axe is such a nostalgia game for me. I'm so excited about that. I see for me it's crazy taxi. When I saw that, I was like <gasps> the mm, amount of yeah. times I played Crazy Taxi One on the Dreamcast, it oh man. I loved it so much. This is gonna so, be nuts. These are here in the games offspring to bring back. Play constantly. It was mm, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one that I thought was really good and well done. Uh, it's. I want more time with it, but the amount that I played, I really liked it. But Pizza Tower, I think. Yeah. You know, it it really does capture that kind of Wario, Sonic speed mixed with like a Nintendo or not Nintendo, Nickelodeon style, like art style. And I really enjoy it. You know, I know it's got kind of a interesting community, but um, yeah, that one's great. Um, God, there's so many of these kind of games that have this old school kind of feel. But, uh, you know, for me, the only really boomer shooter that stuck out was um, Slayer's X. I thought was really good. That was a fun time, and um, there was one other. Oh, so this one, it it's not so much that it's copied something from the past, but it, it invoked feelings of growing up with old puzzles and odd, weird games on the old PlayStation consoles, right? Because mm -hmm. there was tons of them. But Humanity was... Oh, yeah. A game that really stood out to me because it, it captured that weird PlayStation 2 feeling where it it's a simple game in a lot of it's simple on paper, right? You 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 hear about it, you're like, oh, this sounds easy. You guide these, you know, basically lemmings to from one side to the next. You know, oh, make them jump over a, a gap. Easy. Well, once you realize, like, oh, you need to, like, make them turn this way, make them do this, it, it gets challenging. Especially if you want to get, like, the little, like, collectibles, mm -hmm. it gets really hard. And I was oddly very hyped for it when I first saw a trailer. And it came out, and I was like, dude, this is good. Um, I, I think I'm pretty close to finishing it, but it's surprisingly really well done. and. I'm kind of surprised it didn't get um, mentioned more than it did, but it's definitely like for people that want like puzzle stuff, it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I haven't checked that one out. I'm not sure about that one. <clears throat> it's not for everybody. It, to me, it's like one of those like, oh, I don't know what I'm, 
what I want to play. Oh, I guess I can boot this up and kind of, you know, take it easy. Mm. Um, Actually, but my last one is that perfect game right there. The game that you don't ooh. know what to play. You boot it up real quick and you just kind of enjoy exactly what it is. And it is a very simple experience. But this game has gotten so much attention lately that it's kind of insane. Uh, and that is a Suica game. Yeah. Yeah. This game is so addicting. I absolutely, I'm so surprised that it's not on the phone. The fact that this is like a Switch exclusive is kind of insane to me. Uh, but it is such a fun game that is equally frustrating and peaceful at the same exact time. Uh, and it's it's one of those that I think is great because um, like my partner really enjoys playing this game as well. Uh, she's not a gamer at all, but this has really like caught her attention. The cute graphics and the 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 music is just really peaceful. But at the same time, when you get that like match and all of a sudden everything pops and it pops out of the box and it is so frustrating. <laughs> but you just want to keep playing because it's so cute and everything as well. So I really have been enjoying Suica game. And for those of you who have been who don't know exactly what this is, it's basically it's watermelon game. That's what it, it translates to. Uh, and it's a match game where you're just dropping fruit from an adorable cloud. All the fruit has pit or faces on it. And if you match two fruit, then it evolves into the next stage, which is a bigger fruit, right? So two cherries becomes a strawberry, two strawberries becomes a bunch of grapes, and so on and so forth, right? And you just go until you lose to try and get a better high score. Like, that's really it. There is no end game. It's just you keep playing until you beat your high score. And there's just something really nice and rewarding about that, where it's just a good turn your brain off kind of game. And it's just been a lot of fun to play it. I'm weirdly hooked, but it's definitely one of those where in between some of these bigger titles that I've been playing, you sit there and it's like, ah, oh, what do I feel like playing? And you just kind of turn that on real quick for a little bit. And it's nice. And it's cheap. It's like $2 on the Switch. You can't really beat that. And it's amazing how popular this title became like it is massive now and so many streamers are playing it but it i get the hype and it's one of those games that is a streamer game that actually is fun to play which i feel like that's kind of rare right like there's a lot of games out there that are really fun to watch and you can tell they were made with streamers in mind but this one is just a fun experience even if you're watching it or just playing it where i i heard they even had it like um live streamed at bars it's just like background noise and it, i think that's hilarious it's that kind of a game but yeah it's it's a lot of fun definitely recommend it's weird how that blew up i don't understand how i remember like seeing one person stream it and then like a day or two later it's like a bunch more and i'm like what what is this and like there's clones you know on steam and everywhere else but nothing is like the original but um it it's interesting i i like it i'm just like i don't get why it's so big you know like it, it i guess because it's cute and it's different but um, i'm just it's like almost like a, a new version of solitaire right like i used to just play solitaire when i was bored true right because it's simple i get the mechanics it's easy to set up it's easy to play right like and that's exactly what this game is 
it's not one of those that you're playing like to aggressively get a high score. No, this is one of those that is just a very casual playthrough. So yeah, Suicide game, the new solitaire. <laughs> um, so for me, I feel like these two, I kind of will throw it together because it's a genre that I normally don't really have much like care for but uh so i brought up the name in an episode before but didn't really talk about it but uh videoverse uh i i was contemplating and putting this in my top mostly because of the way it made me feel and it it's not like it's a mind-blowing experience but for me, who spent, you know, the early 2000s on message boards all the time, you know, instead of going out playing with friends, it, I, I had friends on message boards, right? Like I mm-hmm. had like an early internet social life than a lot of other people my age at the time. And in this game, you're basically, you know, you're joining this message board for this game called Feudal Fantasy. And it's, you know, it's your typical message boards back in the day, like people, you know, giving hints on how to beat a boss or fan art or, you know, trolling, stuff like that. And you're on this little computer uh, called the Shark. And, you know, it's, you know, technology it gets out of date and there's a new thing coming out. So it's like, everyone's kind of dealing like, Oh no, how are we going to talk with each other? Like once this new thing comes out, like we won't be able to hang out anymore kind of thing. So there's, there's a lot of little systems going on and it's kind of cool because in some ways it reminds me of like what hypnospace outlaw was Mm. in that where that game had exploration of early internet. Right. Like you had your funny, crazy websites. You had your funny dancing baby kind of gifts. You know, you had all that kind of stuff. But this game does that, but for the message board experience. And it's funny because I'm thinking about that time that it came out. And I'm like, the main character kind of, he's not cringy, but it, <laughs> they captured the way I felt people talked perfectly back then. Cause I'm like, damn it, I can see myself a lot in this character. Right. In a lot of weird ways, I'm like, this is kind of scary. And it was cool because it's like, you know, there's obviously different paths that can kind of happen in this game. And, you know, there's... You can report people who are harassing other users. You can... um, Or you can avoid it. You know, and there's some minor changes. It's not really going to change the ending too much, but stuff leading up to it will do some different kind of outcomes, which I thought was, you know, kind of cool. But this game meant a lot to me that I didn't think it would, but it was cool. It, it, it made me, like, think about my past and how I did, you know, that's all I did back in the day. And it's funny because I feel like nowadays I'm like, even though I'm on the internet a lot, I feel like I don't converse that much with people as much as I used to. And I'm like, I should change that. I should mm-hmm. go back to how I used to just, you know, talk to people all the time. 
And, uh, you know, I still have friends from those old days on the message boards, like going on 20 years. Uh, I still talk to every once in a while and it's cool. You know, I'm like, damn, like to think like they knew me when I was like 13 or even younger. Yeah. And it's, it's wild, but I feel like this game really captured that perfectly well. And, um, it was cool. I, it's, I feel like the last couple of visual novels I played have all been really positive experiences for me. Like I played Doki Doki at the beginning of the year, which I mean, for anyone that played it. Yeah. I, I can see why people really like that. Um, that was a trippy experience. And then, so the other visual novel I played this just finished it recently, like this week was slay the princess. And I feel like people that talk about this game really hype this game up a lot. And I think for a good reason, because it's very weird. Um, Basically the premise of the game is you're going to this cabin that's in the woods and you're there to slay the princess. You don't know why the narrator tells you that, you know, if she leaves the cabin, the world ends. So you have to slay her. And basically the game gets kind of meta in some ways. Um, and it, it, it really goes in a lot of different paths in a lot of weird ways that actually really surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a loop mechanic in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of this is early, so there's no spoilers with this, but it's fascinating how they everything comes together in such an interesting way. And you with every kind of like loop or every kind of decision, you see a little bit behind the veil, right? A little bit behind the story, what's going on. And I was like, constantly like, I want to see more. I want to do this next dialogue choice. Why, why is it every time like something happens, there's a new voice in my character's head that's telling me something different. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's done so damn well that I'm like, wow, this is really good. Like I, I really like these kind of weird and different experiences with such a dialogue heavy game and everything's voice acted too, which is cool. Like every line in that um, has someone talking. So it's really nice. Um, Kind of unexpected, honestly, because I feel like it's, I don't know how many people worked on it, but it's, you know, it looks great. It's awesome. I think, in a lot of ways, it should be something like a lot of people that like those kind of games, like they should play that. Like it's, I like that a lot of these smaller games are, are more of them are getting voice acted. Like it's a, it's nice to see that because it, it it sometimes you just don't want to read. <laughs> and it's oh nice yeah, to especially get, like, those. Yeah, it's nice to get like the real emotion behind it as well, and it just makes it a little bit more impactful overall. So yeah, it, it's great that I mean it's the fact that so many games are becoming voice acted and voice acted so well that the video game awards has a best performance award now. Like that's pretty cool. And it, it speaks leaps and bounds for like how far we've gone with uh, like voice acting and all that. And how many games are including it in their titles now, like having Star and, ocean being voice acted. That was awesome. <laughs> right? Like it's, there's some really cool stuff. 
it's crazy. I mean, it, there's a lot of big name actors doing voice acting too, and it's it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah. seeing that. Yeah, and it's like you know, so many or they become actors, you know, after their mm-hmm. voice acting career. Like it's fascinating, and you know, it it's rare to find a game with bad voice acting nowadays. I feel like like so many just sound so professional or fit roles so well. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're um, taking it more seriously now, which is great. Yeah, it it's a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. But uh, my last one I want to bring up, because as much as I would love to include this in my top, I don't... It's a great nod to something that I don't think is mind-blowing, but I definitely think it's a title I haven't seen almost anybody talk about. Uh, this one's called 24 Killers, and uh, it's a nod to Moon, uh, which was a game that came out on the PlayStation in Japan only, and it was known as the anti-RPG, which basically, instead of killing monsters and, you know, a typical hero's journey, you are helping people, Um and you gain experience that way, and you, you do. It's basically like a let's be a good guy to the extreme kind of thing. And you know, it only recently got fully, you know, released out here like a few years ago. Um, and I I thought it was a really interesting experience. You know, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea because I mean, the company that made it uh, loved the sick. It it was such an interesting and weird their their games are just weird. You know, their second game was Tulip, which basically you do little tasks for people and you get a kiss. So basically you're going around your whole village getting kisses from different villagers um <laughs> to achieve something at the end, right? And then their next game was Ruler Rose, which is a pretty messed up horror game in a lot of ways. So it, it took like a big weird turn. But we don't get games like this anymore, you know, at all. And I mean, I I look at a lot of them, but this one is very similar to Moon. Basically, without getting too deep into it, um, you, you're in this world, right? And you are trying to save these, I guess you could say, souls that are underground um to bring to a different planet and something i like about it is that there's like multiple save slot locations and each save slot actually gives you a special boon when you complete the game that you would take into another save slot and it changes it the story a little bit with each save slot but weird yeah it it's a very weird game um i'm couple hours into it and it's enjoyable right like you have your your daily limit of stamina you can use but there's no time limit so you can spend as much time as you want trying to appease this one person but when you appease them you get an ability and like the first guy you get he's like oh you need to play this like like um you know, like a carnival game where you have to punch something and it's like you beat him and then now you can break like a certain boulder and it 
it's cool. Like it's a very kind of relaxing game. The music's great. Like and it, it has the aesthetic of something from that era. And when I find something weird like this, I'm always down to give it a try. And I think for what they were going for, they did it like masterfully. Like it's so well done for what they're going for. And it's kind of a bummer that like no one has really talked about this, but I also understand why, because you know, it ha- those older games have a cult following. And I mean, I feel like a lot of those people probably haven't discovered this, but, mm-hmm. um, this is definitely one I, I'd be cool to see more people give it a shot. Cause it is definitely weird, but it's, it's, I don't want to say it's cozy, but it's definitely a game I like to play like late at night and just kind of chill out too. It's a very trippy looking game. Very weird aesthetic. But I, yeah, I can see why people maybe aren't gravitating to it too much because it is a very, it's, it's interesting looking, right? Like it's definitely not like your typical style game or at least like when it comes to like more modern stuff right now. So yeah, no, it's a cool looking one though, for sure. All right. So we have talked about a lot of games and these are just our honorable mentions for the year. That's pretty crazy, right? Like, it's just, wait. So next week, we're going to be discussing the big games, the ones that we think feel like should be the best games of the year. Uh, and it, there's so many amazing titles out there. We're going to do some really deep dive talks into those. But maybe, and hopefully, you guys found uh, some new games to try out in this episode as well, just to show you how stacked 2023 is. Because uh, these games range very very far <laughs> like i said in the beginning of the episode uh it's we have mobile we have console we have pc games we have the weird games we got remakes we got remasters there's something for everybody here this year there's definitely a game out there that was made this year that is for somebody right like everyone i feel like can find something that really means a lot to them and you know, if you guys don't agree by some of the placements we have here, you know, nothing was in a particular order, but yeah, we did put a Zelda game in an honorable mention. Oh, well, we'll deal with it, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, there's no Nintendo games in the game of the year because of how amazing some of these other titles are. So we are very excited to bring that episode to you and we'll be discussing that one next week. But so yeah that's gonna do it for us and i hope you guys have had fun and we will talk to you all next week so uh bye for now